And that has been like my guiding light for the way I talk to clients or the way I frame certain conversations now because so many people come to me with their deep, dark secrets, with their insecurities. And I know I can make them feel good. And that's my job. And that's kind of the energy I bring to those conversations. So that to remind people, you're awesome. You don't need to think anything else except you're amazing and beautiful. Hi, and welcome to Beauty Curious. My name is Dr. Elise Love, and I am a board-certified dermatologist. And I'm Ian Michael Crum, a licensed esthetician. Ian and I are excited to become your trusted beauty guides from interviews with the best and brightest names in the industry to sharing our favorite expert approved products. We are here to help you navigate the noise by giving you the facts. Are you feeling beauty curious? Let's dive into today's episode. That perfectly airbrushed complexion seen on red carpets is not from makeup alone. There's an arsenal of celebrity estheticians who exfoliate, peel, polish, sculpt, and hydrate prominent faces so those complexions are glowing sans makeup. I count Joanna Vargas among the top of the top who are trusted to do these tasks so close to big events. She regularly works with top names like Rachel Brosnahan, Carrie Russell, and Maggie Gyllenhaal. We're so excited to welcome her to Beauty Curious today. Hi, Joanna. It's great to see you. It's great to see you guys. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. This is going to be an amazing conversation. I can tell already. (laughs) I feel like today's topic, I get asked all the time because they see me post about LBD on my social and it's like a very hot topic. So super excited to jump in. So let's get skin to it. I want to start with the hard hitting questions first. (laughs) What's the most innovative treatment you are using to prep your clients before events? I've heard you have a signature treatment called the triple crown royal facial. What does that entail? Well, I just recently revamped that facial. The triple crown facial has been on my menu since day one. So I opened my first salon with my husband here in New York City 17 years ago. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. And so the triple crown facial has lived for 17 years on the menu, but I've never really... It's a microcurrent treatment for people who don't know. And I really wanted to take a deep dive into that technology because even over the course of the 25 years that I've been a facialist, it's changed so, so much. And it's something that I'm known for. And I found a company that was willing to partner with me to create my own professional microcurrent device, which I have now in both my salons in New York and L.A., And it really takes microcurrent to the next level. So when I became a facialist, you know, when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Stop it. (laughs) Microcurrent facials used to make your muscles twitch when you did it. It was very much like a TENS machine, you know. Like like a muscle spasm almost. Yes. And it was sort of humiliating. And it would actually make my face really swollen to have it done because it was so painful and activating, shall we say. So over the course of my career, you don't feel that electric current in that same way anymore. Your muscles don't twitch anymore when you do it. But I wanted to see how much we could do with microcurrent. So I created a new device with a partner with MyoLift and the machine is incredible. It's everything that I ever dreamed of. So the Triple Crown Royale Facial is an hour and a half microcurrent treatment, which involves increasing circulation, stimulating lymphatic drainage, 
stage, stimulating collagen production, tightening the muscle, super sculpting the face. But I've also included things like I have an electric mask that goes over your eyes and mouth so you can really get like lift and glow out of every square inch of your face. So it's quite incredible. And that is my ultimate red carpet facial. It's what I've been doing all morning. I I've, want. <laughs> I've been at my salon since six o'clock this morning. And that's all I've been doing is triple crown royales. Sorry, I just got distracted. I was on my phone trying to book an appointment. <laughs> I have a question about this because I feel like microcurrent is so hot because there's the at-home devices. And yeah. people want to know, like, yeah. do the at-home devices, do they do anything? Mm -hmm. When we're talking about your technology that you're doing in spa, is it still just... This is something that you do before a big event to look your absolute best, but you're not looking for any long-term results from it? Or is this something that people will do more consistently, like, you know, once a month and expect prolonged or facial changing aspects from it? I really love that question. It's so good because it's something that I feel like people get confused by because there's so much focus on red carpet beauty and mm -hmm. what celebrities do before big events. The triple crown facial is my bread and butter facial. I have clients that I've known as long as I've known my husband who have come in every three to four weeks for the last 20 years to get a triple crown facial because it is so anti-aging. It's so sculpting and lifting and the results are cumulative. Microcurrent is a non-invasive technology, so it works whether you're 25 or 85 or anything in between. And really it is meant to be done cyclically so that the results get better and better every time you do it. If somebody's getting ready for a wedding or something like that, then we kind of plan out like six months ahead, like, okay, this is do this facial and then this treatment. I love wedding prep. Yeah, it's my favorite. <laughs> but just for like the everyday, I just want to look my best. It's so healthy to do a microcurrent facial professionally on a regular basis. And then we'll intersperse in between those facials, a deep cleansing facial or my new favorite thing is dermaplaning that we do at the salon that we launched in LA this past January and that we just launched in New York City. I'm obsessed with that for taking care of melasma and kind of like brightening the whole face. So people come often to my salon. That's why it's so busy because people are interested in non-invasive things that really make a difference in your skin. Okay, I knew this was going to be a really good talk. <laughs> I'm taking us so off the rails, but you said dermaplaning, which yeah. I feel like is another buzzword. I have yeah. a lot of patients that ask me about dermaplaning and I'm always like, honestly, I don't do it. I don't even really like know what to tell you to expect or who to go to for it. So how would you describe dermaplaning? Like what's the process like? Is there downtime? And what does it really help with? When I first heard about dermaplaning, I was kind of like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? The name's not very sexy. It's not sexy. It doesn't look good. There were so many things that I was like, why would you bother doing that? So I never really got into it. I but I've said that once or twice. <laughs> That's what I was saying it for because I, I got that vibe from your energy. So somebody on my team, my head trainer for both salons, Stella Valentina, was like, you have to do it. I'm just going to make you lie down and do it. So she did it on me. And I was like, huh. 
this is interesting, but I'm skeptical. And then I touched my face afterward and I have never felt my face so clean and smooth and soft and it stays like that. And really, I struggle with melasma. I'm a Latin woman who gets melasma very, very easily. And it really made my skin more even looking and brighter. And it's as a facialist, you want to be able to handle melasma without having to send people to go get laser all the time because there are challenges with laser with certain skin types. It's not for everybody. So to have a different solution for that is awesome. So I was hooked immediately. So the process in salon, we cleanse your skin. Then we take a razor blade and we take it in sections and you feel us scraping your face with the razor blade. It's very controlled, but it removes the top layers of your skin. So you're not just getting a superficial exfoliation like you would with a scrub or even a glycolic acid at home. You're getting a deep, deep, exfoliation. That should only be done by a professional who's been trained and certified, not something to be done, you know, with some gadget from Amazon. And we also incorporate different chemical peels with the dermaplaning. So we do a chemical peel before we dermaplane you and then do another chemical peel afterward, which is really what boosts the glow factor. That's why I I call it (laughs) the magic glow facial. It sounds a little bit intense, but it's actually really not unless you have a skin condition like rosacea or something that would be an obvious condition that would stop you from having it. There's really no downtime at all. There's no aftercare except don't put your face in the sun, but you shouldn't be doing that anyway. It's a really hard one to fight. (laughs) Wear a hat, but to incorporate that with your microcurrent treatments and LED treatments, it really is that magic combination that really makes everything work together great. And your face is smooth for weeks and the texture is off the hook. So you mentioned LED and I know you've been a proponent of LED therapy for quite some time. Yep. And we actually spoke with Dr. Marmar earlier in the season about all things LED. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about your Revita light bed and what inspired it? And do you integrate that into a lot of your pre-event treatments? Yeah. So my bed was basically, I do my best creative work when I'm listening to clients. So 16 years ago, I bought an LED device for my salon because one of my clients was seeing Pat Wexler. And Pat Wexler was the only person in Manhattan that had LED at that point. And Pat had told this client that she wasn't going to see anything right away. But I saw a difference in her sun damage immediately because I know I've been doing her face for so long. So I saw it immediately. I was blown away and I had to have one. So I brought it to my salon and I was getting people to come once a week because it's another non-invasive technology. You need to do a minimum of 12 sessions to really see a difference in your skin. So I was like, okay, let's do it. We're going to do this this way. And so many clients were seeing such a big difference in their face. They were requesting body parts. So I would be doing someone's face while they had the LED panels on their boobs or on their stomach or on their knees, whatever, their hands, everything. So, and every client used to say the same thing. I wish you had a whole bed of this. 
So I went online. My husband also helped me with the research and there wasn't a bed. There was no LED device for the body. And so we decided that we would make one. I knew somebody that was an engineer. I gave them a specific design, a specific thing that I wanted made. And they were a client and they happened to be the owner of the company that first made LEDs for NASA. So they were the right that's amazing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they like, were the I guess right, you're good enough. <laughs> the right people to go to. So we made my first bed and I got the patent on the bed in, I think, 2011. I became the patent holder of the LED bed. There were no other LED beds. And then I remember Vogue did a big story on it and other LED companies were telling the editor at the time, that's impossible. She couldn't have made a bed. It One doesn't exist. And I was like, well, here it is, yeah. everybody. <laughs> so I do actually have all my clients do LED. I think it's really important, whether it's to refine your pores, it builds collagen, it reduces inflammation, which is the precursor to fine lines, the precursor to melasma, to all the things we don't want in the skin. And it reverses sun damage. So it's a win-win for everybody. I'm obsessed with it. And everybody does LED. Everybody. You're definitely ahead of your time because I feel body is so hot right now. Like everyone is like, okay, my face, like I've got my routine for my face. Yeah. No, I want to do it all to everywhere else. So, well, your skin is an organ. Exactly. It actually <laughs> covers your whole body. <laughs> and I think when I was a younger esthetician, we're talking about when I was in my late 20s, I would have clients that had facelifts, but then the yeah. skin on the body was their original skin. And I thought, that's a disconnect. We need to kind of put it all together for people. So I felt like it was part of my job to teach people how to care for the skin everywhere. And I think clients appreciate that. So I have a lot of things on my menu that address the skin on the body. I love that. Love that. So whenever you have someone do the LED therapy, is it at the end or when do you send them to go into your patented bed? So we typically do that after the facial. It's the perfect time if I've done a peel or if I've done anything that requires like a little bit of like chillax for the skin, it's the perfect time to do. I actually ran here. I just was with Carrie Russell and I put her in the bed and I was like, I got to go. I love you. Bye. Carrie, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm more important. Well, yeah, we feel very honored that you ran away from her to, to come to this. You could have totally been a few minutes late. <laughs> I love hearing all about the technology and how you integrate it into your plethora of treatments, both in New York and LA. What does it look like when you bring a new celebrity client on? I know you just mentioned Carrie. Is there like an average amount of time that you prefer to work with someone new in your roster? Because I know you work with a lot of people before they would have like a large event, say they're going to the Met or name the major kind of appearance. Is there kind of a lead time you tend to work with? I mean, you know, in an ideal world, yes, absolutely. But I've learned over the years of doing this that I often don't have the luxury of that time. There are times, like for example, when actors and directors will have a feeling based on the feedback that they're getting about a film before it comes out, like, oh, there's going to be a big push for this for Oscars or whatever. And then we kind of do talk about, okay, well, if that were to happen, 
let's kind of dial in what we're doing. But most people are just working so much that I don't really have that luxury of time. But what I do do with everyone, for example, I have a lot of clients from London. And let's say for this past Met Ball, one person in particular was like, I'm flying in on Friday. What do you need from Friday to Monday to make me look my best? And then we'll talk about it in that condensed amount of time. Like you need to give me two hours a day. I need that time. And then they'll arrange it with all the other stuff that they have going on, fittings and dinners and all the stuff that goes into the days before a big red carpet. So I do have that, but I've just learned to condense all my asks for like, okay, if I only have four days, what am I going to do with you? And I make it happen. Especially now I have relaxation pods. I don't know if you heard about this, but I have little pods that you get into where you have oxygen treatments on your whole body. You know, you breathe it in and Amazing. you're in there. So like that adds a lot of time to it, but it really makes the skin look good. So I insist that everybody does that. Yeah, especially well. after traveling. So you would yeah. see them every day for those four days. Yes, absolutely. Do you see a difference in kind of for your routine clients between LA versus New York, like what people are gravitating towards, what procedures that they want to have performed? Or is it pretty kind of like this is standard of what the skin needs? And so it's pretty comparable if you're in LA versus if you're working in New York? That's a really great question. I think in Los Angeles, people are more obsessed with dermaplaning. So the magic glow facial is what it's called. People really like that the best. That was like the second it hit the menu, it was like everybody was asking for it. Everybody was asking for it to be added into what they were already doing. And in New York, I think because we're so much more on the go than Los Angeles, like Los Angeles, you're in your car all day. And I don't know. Everybody's <laughs> like in Earth Bar or whatever, yeah. just hanging out, going to Air One. I always say in LA, you can get three things done in a day, and in New York, you can get eight. It's just, it's very spaced oh. out. And that is. Like the perfect way to describe it. Oh my God, I love that. I'm going to credit you, but I'm totally stealing that. (laughs) So because people are so on the go, I think people gravitate more towards the triple crown facial, which is more like instant gratification in terms of like snatched face and I need a glow, I have a date tonight or I need to go out with, you know, I have an event or something like that. So it's been traditionally more popular to do that here. That makes sense. And I feel like New Yorkers are like, I'm here. Let's do it. Let's do all that we can because New Yorkers are so busy. Also, interesting side note, New Yorkers are so organized. Like my New York clients, and this is for the whole salon, people will schedule their appointments for a calendar year in advance. I'm not even kidding you. Like it's very normal for people to bring their big calendars in a book and be like, okay, all right, let's look at December. Let's look at January. And they just keep on going. And LA clients are like, I'll call you. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. That's so interesting. Yeah. But seems very accurate. Okay, so I know you mentioned it varies. Obviously, you prefer to have time before treating a celebrity client. I loved the London example of like, you have four days, like, what are we doing? Yeah. And I'd love to be that client getting two hours a day for four days. Like, Elise, we need to sign up for that. I will be that person, but I'll just be going home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) So for everyone listening at home, like, what are the top, at-home skincare steps and treatments that you tell your clients 
for them to maintain all of that work being done? Like in between treatments, what are the top three or five things that you're kind of like, this is a must that you have to do? Well, washing your face before bed is sort of one of those non-negotiable, don't mess with me type (laughs) steps. Using nighttime product is really important. Nighttime is your body's time to repair itself. You don't want to wake up with breakouts and inflammation in the morning. So using a retinol at night or and alternatively using epidermal growth factor in the form of a serum or a moisturizer is really important. Morning time, washing your face again to get all the nighttime products off your skin and then doing like a quick massage every morning. I have a wand, an at-home device for mimicking lymphatic drainage massage at home. So to use that or to do gua sha or something when you're putting your serums on is really important for just invigorating the skin, increasing circulation, getting some deep puff going on, giving yourself some love. The ritual of giving yourself like that grace or that moment is really important. And I tell every single client, when you're washing your face in the morning and at night, try to think of something you love about yourself instead of always taking that mirror time to rip yourself to shreds. That's what everybody does. It's so awful. We would never treat another human being the way we treat ourselves. And I think it's important to be mindful of those times where you really, instead of being like, oh, I wish I didn't have this or that. I wish I looked like him or her. Instead, just be like, you know, that was really great. That conversation you had with so-and-so or you're really good at blah or you look great or whatever, you know, we don't do that enough. And I think that that's actually as much an important part of your beauty ritual as what serum you're going to pick or what mask you're going to do or anything like that. Well, kind of like, hate talking to yourself and putting yourself down just creates internal stress, which, you know, is never good for yourself. What I try to educate people on is that, you know, how you feel it is somewhat in your hands. There are things you can't control. And that's okay. But to be able to give yourself a little break every once in a while and be encouraging instead of being so tough on yourself, I think that's like a good lesson to remember. There are so many things that we can do externally for GLOW, but there is just like this, when you're kind to yourself, the way that you go about and that you interact with other people, people just, they can feel it coming from you. And so I love that. When I was pregnant, my body routine became much longer just because I was like oiling and vaselining and like putting on all these things. But it was such a reflective time where like I would just like rub my belly. And so I completely agree. So now I'm just going to make my face routine long now that my body routine's short again. (laughs) I also love that you care as much as I do about cleansing the face. I think it's the most important step when it comes to skincare because we're exposed to so much pollution. We're putting so much on our skin. Mm -hmm. People are wearing makeup and like just taking the time to make sure that your skin is properly cleansed before you put on your expensive products is, I think, so overlooked. Or people using the wrong cleanser and completely stripping their skin and like setting themselves up for failure. So yes, yes, yes to everything you said. I agree (laughs) with you. I think it's also very funny when we train estheticians who come to work for me, we focus a lot on how the cleansing step in a facial is the most important step. Whereas most facialists or places, sometimes you feel like that's the throwaway step, Mm -hmm. like they're trying Mm -hmm. to rush through it to get to like the next thing. 
but I really feel like it's the time to show a client that you really love them, you care for them, and really like prep the skin for all that stuff you're about to do. So professionally, I think it's important as well. I know some people talk about like double cleansing. Do you have all your facials, are they double cleanse or is there like a certain protocol with cleansing that you have for each facial? Well, we have a protocol for every single thing that happens to a client from the second that you walk in the door, to be honest with you. But typically we use my vitamin C face wash, which is an exfoliating foaming face wash. So it's easy to get everything off the skin. But, you know, if somebody's wearing heavy makeup or whatever, then we absolutely do a double cleanse and a hot towel wipe off of the cleanser afterward. But the protocol is more how we massage the face when we have cleanser on your face. It's a very specific thing. And I want to make sure that we cover every square inch of you. But also, I mean, I've given you a facial before. I just want you to feel like you're in good hands. I don't want you to feel like, oh, she's being very abrupt, you know? Yeah, I agree. I I like your comment about that being the throwaway step at certain places because I have had facials where cleansing feels like it's 15 seconds and they're like wiping your face and I'm like, oh, I don't (laughs) don't actually feel clean and then they do a bunch of other things. Yeah, and you're like, "Uh, don't touch me with that. I still have sunscreen on my face. Seriously, (laughs) yeah. And I think that's what, I mean, it's like all layered in what sets you apart. So one, the fact that you have patented and gone out of your way to create specific devices to use, but also it's having a gentle hand and making people feel very welcome and very happy to be there. There are some people who are great at what they do, but they're so rough or abrupt that, yeah. you know, you kind of feel like you're doing them a service by coming to see them. And totally. so there's a reason that you are where you are and it kind of all goes together. I mean, when I first started the salon, there were no clients. There was no social media at that time. So, I mean, I relied on being so good at the facial that you had to tell your mom, your sister, and your best friend, and maybe all the people that you worked with in the office. Like I needed that. I needed you to walk out and send me five clients. Yeah. And so I really focused on my craft and what would make you want to do that? What would make you feel like so happy that you needed to tell somebody else? And I think somehow these days, there's so much focus on what looks cool on Instagram or Mm -hmm. TikTok and not enough focus on the old fashioned, like just be good at your job and like worry about that have a skill that you could be proud of. And that was my focus. That's the focus of my salons. And I think that that's why the company grew. And it grew. And I'm sure that you're like much happier for it because so I have social media, but I would say 80, 90% of my patients are from direct referral. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a happy group of people. Everyone's so nice. It's like they've been vetted before they even come into the door because they're this person's coworker or this person's dad. And it's just like, it's one of those reasons I love my patients so much. Whereas I feel like social media is really great and it gives a lot of outreach and it definitely, people have come in, obviously that I love. Yeah. But it can just be like, what's trendy today, you know, versus I'm coming to you for your expertise. What do we think is best for me long-term? It could be like, oh, I saw this procedure on Instagram and I want this procedure. I feel like it can truncate the relationship that you really want to develop with your beauty expert. Absolutely. And I think as a client, you should seek out somebody to have that relationship with. That's like kind of the bonus of having 
a derm and a facialist in your arsenal is to have that personal relationship with that you can share your deepest, darkest insecurities with them and they can help you with that. That's what we're here for. And, you know, if you're dotting around just trying to do what's trending on TikTok, I feel like you're missing out on the whole beauty of the beauty world, you know? (laughs) It is a very intimate relationship. Yes. Okay. We talked about, obviously you're a fan, you said of gua sha, but I want to know, is there any like buzzy at-home beauty device that you think is just not worth it? I would say that my least favorite at-home beauty device would be an at-home derma roller thingy. Yes. Yes. Risk for infection. (laughs) I mean, that's a staph infection waiting to happen. And it's one of those, this is like a classic example of I saw it on TikTok. I heard it was good. And then there's all these people that are like, you don't need to do a professional, spend all that money. You can just go to Amazon and get a $10 one. Creating surface inflammation is the opposite of what a skincare professional would want to do to your skin. You're creating wounds which could get infected very easily. It's impossible to properly sterilize that once you start going at yourself without equipment specifically designed for it, which only a skincare professional would have. But really, you can also trigger, in addition to a horrible infection, you could trigger melasma, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. You could trigger breakouts. All sorts of things can happen. That's a result you wouldn't want. You could change the texture of your skin and not know why. You could get products stuck in all of the channels that you created and create little bumps all over your face. So there's a lot of things that could go wrong. And it's kind of one of those things that I just wish people would drop their little roller thingies and go get a Morpheus 8 from a professional. Yeah, I always say with microneedling, if it is safe enough for you to use at home, then it's not going to give you the results that you're looking for. That's a nicer way of saying it than what I was saying. <laughs> and if it's deep enough to give you results, you absolutely should not be using it at home. So yeah. it's like, it's one of those devices that you just want a professional to do. I'm thinking we need to release this episode close to Halloween because that sounds like a, <laughs> a like a facial horror story. Of like, like Halloween little, costume. Like nodules and all this stuff. It's like, I'm scared. <laughs> well, it could really trigger a massive breakout situation where it could last for a long time. It could trigger something that would be very hard for you to be able to control at home. You'd have to go see a derm to get, you know, steroid shots or something. Yeah. Well, that was very interesting. So I also wanted to bring up your book because I actually was at your New York launch. I think that was pre-pandemic at this point. It was like the last event everybody went to before. I mean, it was my book parties were in Feb and, you know, obviously we shut down March 18th. So. So can you tell us a little bit about Glow From Within and what inspired you to write that? I feel like there's a lot of information that we have access to. It's one of the wonders of social media. It's great to be able to Google whatever you want. You read about an ingredient in a magazine and you can Google it and think you know something about it. But I find that clients become very overwhelmed with the amount of information and especially like If you follow like, let's say Birdie or whatever, articles come out like six times a day or 10 times a day. And, you know, it's all about different ingredients and stuff you need to get. And so people get really overwhelmed and confused. So I wanted to write a book that would cover kind of like, okay, what 
would be good for my skin? How do I figure out what to use? What's the best thing to do if I have this kind of skin? And then practical advice like getting enough sleep, taking a walk after work will help your skin. De-stressing will help your skin. Just stuff that people don't think about. And then like fun things like I was brought up to make different masks at home out of ingredients from the kitchen. So I have some mask recipes if you want to have fun with skincare. Some juice recipes that I like that, you know, if you're trying to be more healthy, like to drink a green juice mid-morning as a snack or something like that. But I really wanted it to be like, I can't do a facial on everybody, but how could I help everybody else that, you know, I get so many questions all the time and I feel like they're the same questions. So I wanted to do the book for that reason. And I love writing. So, and I've had a blog for a billion years, so I thought I would put it all together. I always say it's so fun but confusing being in beauty because she just said she's had a blog for a billion years and her skin looks amazing. So like, <laughs> that product is working. Well. Oh, yeah. It's, I don't know how don't know. anyone is in beauty. I'm 53. <laughs> and you look amazing. Thank you. I once suggested that Ian should ass out like a 16-year-old because <laughs> I thought he was, I thought the 16-year-old was 18 and I thought Ian was 18. So Yeah, that was embarrassing. This was like a year and a half ago. Let's be real. No, this is before we like actually knew each other. I think that's actually how we became friends because you were like, I'm 31. It was at the Skin Cancer Foundation Gala. I don't know if we should say where it was. (laughs) (laughs) But it was at a gala. It was a mistake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm mortified. That's cute. I mean, yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, if someone takes good care of themselves, then that's the whole thing, right? Like, you want to keep it a mystery? Yeah. So is there a favorite quote or chapter in the book that you just always kind of think of or pull out? Or if anyone has the book at home, we'll add a link in the episode for people to find it. But if they do have it, what's kind of your favorite section? There are so many things. I mean, I talk about my grandma a lot, who is sort of my inspiration for the beauty industry in general. She was my beauty guru. And I had many, many beauty moments with her that were wonderful. But I guess my favorite part of the book was probably talking, I mentioned I was going through a hard time. And at one point, this is like eight years ago, I lost a friend of mine. It was very sad. I wasn't taking good care of myself. And Helena Christensen is like super exercise woman, you know, super healthy. And she bought me sessions with her personal trainer as a present. And it kind of got me out of the rut that I had been in of just being sad. And it really reminded me about how great physical activity is for your mind and for the way you feel about yourself. Because it's like a rabbit hole. You stop exercising because you feel bad and then you just feel worse the more time goes by that you're not moving your body. And I'll always be grateful to her that it was just one of those things that you gets lost in the sauce kind of. And you don't have to go to a personal trainer, but just a reminder to move your body. If you're feeling down, go for a walk and you should do it every day after work. If you have trouble sleeping, you should also be walking and moving. And it doesn't have to cost any money or be anything fancy, but just those simple lessons that you have to bring yourself 
back around so you can rejoin the living, so to speak, and do things again to take care of yourself, I think is a really important lesson. And also just the fact that she's such a girl's girl and would do something like that for me was a very beautiful moment to remember that you have friends around you and people that love you when you need it. I love that. I love that too. And I I also love that we're like moving away from this hyper focus on exercise, which I love exercise, but movement is kind of like the core thing. Just moving your body, walking, like doing something where you're twisting because you can feel so stuck if you're just like sitting and like existing in like this parallel universe. Yes. It can really just kind of open up a lot of things for you. Yeah. Even if you just spend a few minutes stretching, like put a towel on the floor and like stretch. There's something about stretching that reminds me of being a little girl. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're like, doing it. I don't you stretch. don't we all should. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. But like <laughs> Helena's trainer taught me that like yeah. everybody should stretch. It stretches out your spine. It just gets the blood flowing. Yeah. It it helps you think more clearly like your digestion. Totally. All of those things. So like there's no down to stretching and taking a walk. I'm the person on every airplane ride I'm ever on that everyone stares at because I'm in the aisle and I'm like bending down. I'm moving my leg. I'm oh, like, that's good. Doing, that's I'm like, I have to, to go to the bathroom again because I'm like, I want to move my legs. I can't sit there for five hours. Yeah, like, that's so healthy. That's so good that you do that. Yeah, I try to tell everyone like, don't forget to move on the plane. Like, don't stay stagnant for five hours. It's, yeah, it's actually super dangerous and unhealthy. And plus, like not good for your lymphatic system. Mm-mm. You'll get puffy when you get off that totally, plane. Totally. <laughs> okay, I feel like this is the part where we just talk about all of your amazing accomplishments because my next question is you also have your own skincare line and I was curious if you had a favorite part during the development process I know creating it online there's so many different steps and things to consider ingredients packaging all that stuff and with that was there like the biggest challenge or hurdle that you had to go over to launch your line well I mean, gosh, I love formulating product. I think I'm quite good at it. I figured it out fast. The hardest product to make was my first one, which was my daily serum. My daily serum is also the top selling SKU in every store that it's in. So it was worth the pain that I went through to make it, but it took several years to make that one because it wasn't balanced and I didn't quite understand how to make it the way I wanted it. And nobody had a green serum at that time. A hyaluronic green serum was just, my chemist thought I was crazy, (laughs) (laughs) actually. And then after that, I kind of figured out what I was doing and it got easier. I mean, my most favorite part about formulation is testing it for the first time. It's like I'm a kid at Christmas. So I tell the chemist what I want. Maybe I go to the lab together and we do it together. He makes me a bunch of samples and then I bring it home to try. If it passes muster with me, then I give it to a couple of the estheticians that work with me and I ask for feedback. And I really like the feedback that a professional esthetician gives because We are very specific people about what we like and don't like. And all we do is sit around all day and listen to people's feedback about other people's products. I don't like the smell of this product or my husband hated the smell of that or I liked this, but not the texture. So I hear a lot about what works and doesn't work about other people's products. So I feel for that reason, I'm a good listener. And I think really the biggest challenge is is that my husband and I have always done things by ourselves. I don't work for Unilever. 
So anything that I've done, I've made myself. I've picked out myself. The boxes, I picked that out. I decided what went on the box. I decided the packaging and everything. So it's sort of one of those things that's deeply personal as a result, which is you feel overexposed when it's like you create something and you're like, I hope you like it. And then you feel like, oh, I hope they like it. And you want people to love what you do. So that can be a little bit difficult as like the creative person that I am. You want people to love it, but you're bracing yourself for the feedback. But I've been very lucky. I mean, my clients were very close with the clientele and they love everything I do. So I'm very lucky. Oh, I just love that like story. Like the thought of (laughs) one, I feel like people are putting out a lot of generic products. And so like the idea of like thinking of something new, like meeting with the chemist, trying it out. But I also agree. I could listen to estheticians talk about products all day. I am the derm advisor for Blue Mercury. So when we were reevaluating a lot of their products, we were meeting with estheticians and I was like, that's cool. Yeah, you guys just like know product so well. Next time you guys are launching something, just like let me listen. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely <laughs> will. It's fascinating to listen to it all and they're so smart. So it's always good feedback. And I think one of my gifts is that I am a good listener. I am very good at listening to what clients want or what the estheticians are saying to me. And I'm willing to accept that feedback. Lab samples are really fun. Yes. <laughs> You're going through those different yes. formulations. Okay, so now for the speed Uh-oh. round. So this is like the rapid round because we're coming to the almost end of the episode. Um, so <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, we could just keep talking and talking, but we try to keep the episodes concise and full of content. So, all right. Here's the speed round. What award show is your favorite to do facials for? Ooh, well, I'd have to say, I mean, the Oscars is kind of fab just because it's the Oscars, it's the Oscars right? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. The Oscars is the Oscars. Okay. Yeah. What are the top, we'll say three things you'd advise a new esthetician or individual entering the beauty industry to do? Well, I would never stop learning. I would buy as many books as possible. There's so many great ones, but I would also dive into learning about gut health. I would learn about ingredients and really try to be as well-rounded as possible and get to the root of things as opposed to just being surface knowledge and just being like, oh, I removed your blackhead. Dive in, dig in with clients and don't be afraid to touch as many people as possible. Like that's how you learn different skin types, different skin tones and just get in there. Perfect. I love it. So outside of aesthetics and your blossoming empire, how do you spend your free time? (laughs) I play a lot of tennis, actually. Oh, I love tennis. I wake up at six o'clock every morning and go to the tennis court and hit with a pro. So I do that five days a week. I write, as you know, and I also do art journaling just as like a creative outlet that's kind of like, you know, I I paint, I draw, I do all of that stuff. How do you, sidebar speed question, how do you do your art journaling? Is it like a page a day and you kind of just go where your mind goes or do you have a structure to that? I do it every morning. So I get home from tennis and I do a lot of meetings and work and stuff in the morning before I come to the salon. And so in between things, I have like several different books. I have these journals called Hobonichi's. It's a Japanese journal that has a very beautiful rice paper in it. Great for watercoloring and great for drawing and stuff like that. So one book is for watercolor. So I might do one of those and then I'll do some 
collage type art journal stuff and then write some thoughts of the day, some gratitude stuff. It just depends on my mood. I either do a lot or I'll do like a quick something. I love that. And then on weekends, I do it with my daughter. She's an artist, so we do it together sometimes. Oh, I love that you're doing that in between the day because it kind of keeps your creative brain alive while you're kind of doing more of the like business admin parts throughout the day too. Yes. My husband takes care of a lot of like the businessy business part of the business, but I have to participate in all of it and it does stress me out a lot. (laughs) So I do do it for a purpose. I do it to keep myself chill. Perfect. Yeah. So... For our listeners who are obviously obsessed with you at this point, if they were going to try out something with your skincare line, one, where do they find it? And two, what product do you recommend people start with? So my products are available at Blue Mercury, Revolve, Bloomingdale's, Macy's, my own website, joannavargas.com. To start out with, I really created the Daily Serum, which I mentioned earlier, the Green Juice for the Skin Serum. And also my vitamin C face wash is extremely popular. Those two are sort of like my entry into Joanna Vargas's world and the daily hydrating cream. So I would start with those. If you're going to start anywhere, you could start with a great cleanser, start with vitamin C face wash and have that be your gratitude step every day. I would like that. I'm definitely adding that to my routine, (laughs) actually. (laughs) Okay, so here's the finale question of the episode. Dun, dun, dun. Do you have any skin inspirations or icons? Well, I've always been inspired by Diane von Furstenberg. I think she's obviously an icon and her attitude towards life is very inspiring. Norma Kamali is another person that I find super inspiring as a person. I've had great convos with her about beauty, about life. She marches to the beat of her own drum She says a lot in the press, like I've been in and out of fashion so many times. I don't care. I don't pay attention to that. And that is very inspiring for me because I think social media makes you overly obsessed with like what's in and what's out or who's cool or who thinks you're cool and all of that stuff. And I really try not to think about any of that. I do what I do for me and for my clients and that's it. That's all I'm worried about. I'm not worried about being in competition with anybody. But I'll tell you guys a funny story. I gave a facial to a supermodel from the 70s who I don't think I can name her, but like an icon from the 70s. It was really cool to meet her and stuff because I grew up looking at pictures of her. And I don't know what I was saying to her, something dumb. I mean, I was 30 years old, so my body was perfect. And, you know, I was saying some stupid thing about myself to her. And she was like, you know what that sounds like to me? Like, you need better lighting in your bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) You are right. And that has been like my guiding light for the way I talk to clients or the way I frame certain conversations now because so many people come to me with their deep, dark secrets, with their insecurities, and I know I can make them feel good. And that's my job. And that's kind of the energy I bring to those conversations. So that to remind people, you're awesome. You don't need to think anything else except you're amazing and beautiful. 
I love that. And it's just All bad right. lighting. I mean, and it's just like, bad lighting in the bathroom, baby. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> I definitely have a thousand more questions at the back of my mind, but I think that that is the perfect way to end the podcast. So I just want to say thank you for talking with us. I feel so inspired. I hope this was helpful for like our listeners, but I am taking so much of what you said away and like taking it back to my practice. So thank you. Thank you for having thank me, you, you guys. So much, this Joanne. was fun. Thank you so much, Joanna. Yay. All right. You can get back to your very busy day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for spending time with us today. Please leave us a review if this topic helped you feel smarter, calmer, and more confident about your beauty decisions. You can engage with us more personally on Instagram. See you next episode.